Welcome, everyone, to Alter Echo, the pulpit voice of me, Andy Smith, pastor of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. I am so glad you are along. Let's come now together into the presence of God. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Alter Echo on this Palm Sunday weekend. There's a little spring in our step right now, isn't there? We came in on some new music to this podcast this weekend. The sun is warming things like crazy here in Minnesota. Spring is upon us. People at church are in an all-hands-on-deck mode right now as we enter the holiest week of the year, and we move ourselves from Palm Sunday to Maundy Thursday, and then to Good Friday, the crucifixion, all waiting for Sunday to happen, Easter Sunday. And I'm looking so very forward to sharing that with you a week from now as well. It's good to be here together. One of the fellows at church this week said, it's a good time to be a Johnny. (laughs) We call ourselves the Johnnies here at St. John's Lutheran Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. We have had kids all month serving at food shelves and meal packing plants. And they've been making and tying blankets for people who need them, homeless people. People have been bringing mountains of food for this food share month here in Minnesota. The the generosity and the spirit is infectious. And it is indeed a good time to be a Johnny. And I hope you feel that too as you share in this podcast and as we come together from all kinds of places and corners of the world to listen to God's good news and gospel and to be deepened in our faith so that as disciples of Christ in the world, we are who God wants us to be and blesses us to be. So, thanks for being here today. Should we get right to the gospel? It's from the Gospel of Luke. It's the 19th chapter. It's the story of Palm Sunday, and I'm going to read it out of the message version of the Bible today. Luke 19, starting at verse 28. After saying these things, Jesus headed straight up to Jerusalem. When he got near Bethphage and Bethany at the mountain called Olives, he sent off two of the disciples with instructions. Go to the village across from you. As soon as you enter, you'll find a colt tethered one that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says anything, asks, what are you doing? Say, his master needs him. The two left and found it just as he said. As they were untying the colt, its owners said, what are you doing untying the colt? They said, his master needs him. They brought the colt to Jesus. Then throwing their coats on its back, they helped Jesus get on. As he rode, the people gave him a grand welcome, throwing their coats on the street. Right at the crest, where Mount Olives begins its descent, the whole crowd of disciples burst into enthusiastic praise over all the mighty works they had witnessed. Blessed is he who comes, the King, in God's name. All is well in heaven, glory in the high places. Some Pharisees from the crowd told him, Teacher, get your disciples under control. But he said, If they kept quiet, the stones would do it for them, shouting praise. 
When the city came into view, Jesus wept over it. If you had only recognized this day, he said, and everything that was good for you, but now it's too late. In the days ahead, your enemies are going to bring up their heavy artillery and surround you, pressing in from every side. They'll smash you and your babies on the pavement. Not one stone will be left intact. All this because you didn't recognize and welcome God's personal visit. Everyone, this is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Pray with me, will you? On this Palm Sunday, join our hearts, dear Lord, with the faithful around the world. Our own pilgrimage today is fraught with divided loyalties. You solely seek us to save us. Clutch us in your strong arms of the love of the kingdom of God and help turn our hearts wholly to you. Humbly we pray, O Lord. Amen. All right. A fun little Palm Sunday story. It's one of my favorites. One Palm Sunday, the pastor announced he was passing out little miniature crosses made of palm leaves. You've seen them. Put this cross, he said, in the room of your house where the family argues the most. When you look at it, the cross will remind you that God is watching. Well, as one woman was leaving the church, she walked up to the pastor, shook his hand, and said, I'll take five. <laughs> I just love that story. We can probably identify. Everybody understands the cliche, who doesn't love a parade, right? That feeling has always been at the heart of Palm Sunday. For generations, it's been a Sunday, especially for kids, too. It's not lost on us today that Jesus purposely rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, or as the message version said, a colt, a young horse never having been ridden. The same humble way Mary rode to Bethlehem when she gave birth to Jesus. And the shouts and the cries and the cheers for Jesus from everyone on Palm Sunday, especially children, tell the story of how hope-filled and unintimidating and full of grace he was for those people. I want you to keep this feeling in your heart right now also. It's important. But I also want you to remember that on this day, Jesus entered the seat of power in Israel, Jerusalem. He knew what the risks were. The powers and the principalities of life were against him. He didn't flinch. He didn't change who he was for people. And on this day, when all sorts of children, little and big, cheered him as the coming Messiah and reveled in this hope of their faith, he went to battle for the lives of all people. Our hearts can scarcely comprehend this. But we have to try. His faithfulness to God's love for the world saves us every day 
from the powers and the principalities of this life that are against us and from deadened, hopeless lives when we set our faces faithfully toward Jesus. So let me tell the scene again. Thanks to scholars Marcus Borg and John Dominic Croson. Here it is. Into Jerusalem, on the first Palm Sunday, rode two processions. One, a simple, humble procession. And the other, a procession of the empire. From the east rode Jesus on a colt. Jesus was from the peasant village of Nazareth. Many of his followers were peasants. He rode into Jerusalem, where Jewish pilgrims were gathered in huge number to celebrate Passover, a recollection, ironically, of their liberation by God from another earthly empire. Jesus came in peace and was welcomed with harmless, waving palm branches, coats on the road, and shouts of praise and joy. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord from all those who paraded to see him. From the West rode Pontius Pilate on a white stallion. This was the Roman Empire coming to town. They were there specifically to put down any threats from Jewish pilgrims of getting out of control, of becoming too excited about liberation that they had heard in their ancestors' story. This procession came with cavalry on horses, foot soldiers, leather armor, helmets, weapons, banners, golden eagles mounted on poles, sun glinting on metal and gold, marching feet, the creaking of leather, the clinking of bridles, the beating of drums, the swirling of dust. What were the silent onlookers of this parade thinking? Awe? Resentment? Fear? Two parades came to town. One, the parade of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of peace, of mercy, of liberation from who and what oppresses people, the kingdom of community, of forgiveness, of love, self-sacrificing love at that, and the other parade of the kingdom of the empire of Caesar. The kingdom of power, of dictatorship, of threat, of mercilessness toward those who resisted, of injustice when it served Caesar's desires, and of a ruler who indeed even thought himself to be the Son of God. Two parades came to town to battle for our hearts. Hmm. What if Jesus' procession into Jerusalem that day never happened? What if he had flinched and turned back? What if loyalty to an empire of threat and violence and power over people was the only option? An empire, say, 
where violence was so easy that it could gun people down in seconds or even crucify people without repercussion. What a difference this day makes in showing us who wants us and what kinds of outcomes there are in giving our ultimate loyalty and lives to each. We can't look at Palm Sunday as though it were an artifact of history, friends. Just a story from 2,000 years ago we can't connect with. Mm -mm. This beginning act of Holy Week is the description of life in our world now also and of what Jesus does for our lives. The battle happens every day for our loyalties and our hearts. And God knows the outcomes of each. Caesar's and Pilate's empire is the allure of two things, only one of which we ever receive. It lures us to temptations of wealth, of power, to temptations of controlling all kinds of things and people. Somehow this empire always looks really good. It sparkles and shimmers. It promises unattainable things, particularly a personal ability to have life every way you want it, on your terms. These are the parts of this empire, even when we think we see them happening before our very eyes, that never actually pan out. In life, the people who think they are in power are in power only temporarily, but they always fall. They, and we who chase after this empire, become slaves of greed, ciphers emptied of hope and goodness, tools governed by anger, willing to inflict pain on others, and purveyors ultimately of manipulations and lies. This empire wants to control our hearts every day. And it wants us to live this way in our families and workplaces everywhere. It wants to jade us and then have us. Jesus' empire, God's gracious kingdom and reign for our lives, promises and delivers the opposite. When we are willing to let ourselves be had by the empires of this world that will always use us for their own gain, Jesus instead blesses us. He blesses us so that his humble, self-giving heart becomes our hearts. He shows us God's heart, and we see ourselves incredibly in it, even as we are ashamed of our sinfulness toward him. He tells us that his pouring his life out for us flips the world upside down. Because when we pour our lives out for others, we are part of his loving, healing, and saving of the world. And he dies for us. We can't ultimately explain this, but we go on faith 
that he is able, through dying, to take down the sin and evil and hatred and violence and the empires of this world that want to darken and deaden our hearts. When he dies, he promises that the power these things have over us dies also. And when they do, when we don't give our hearts and energy and allegiance to those things anymore, God's freeing reign happens in us. And people live with hope because more and more faithful people put all their trust in Jesus' humble way of riding into this life and drawing people to him and each other in grace and in peace. This past week, mass killings in Georgia and Colorado happened again. People killing to vent hatred or prove power. In a country seemingly willing to let violence keep people in fear and grief stands before us. Do you want to succumb to this empire and others like it? Or do you want Jesus as your king? We know the answer. Live for Jesus. Give him your heart and acclaim him your king humbly, seriously, and with the hope of God's very present help right now and eternal love for you washing over you and filling you anew with a new perspective. May you be abundantly blessed and transformed as you go to the cross and the empty tomb this coming week with our Lord who gives his life for yours and mine and for the life and salvation of the world. God bless you, dear friends. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. 
God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.